Good day and welcome to season five with Film Exploration with Ash Harry, where we're going to explore this decade, the 2010s, a colossal decade for cinema in terms of technological advances, returning to the old ways for diversity and also controversy. But today, I'll be exploring one of my favourite films of the decade. It's the 2014 music drama Whiplash, directed by Damon Chazelle and starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Hollywood has had its fair shares of infatuations in their stories, some going onto a dangerous road of obsession, which fuels the narrative in the movie, the idea of obsession, the idea of going too far or trying too hard or being overcommitted. It's what inspires people to be motivated to achieving a goal that may seem impossible at first glance, because it takes that certain mindset to be like that of the characters that are portrayed in these movies, that anyone can become like this. And these films usually portray everyday characters, normal as can be, and something clicks in their minds and they start this path of sometimes self-destruction, but also an obsessive compulsion to achieving a goal at any cost. To fall into this vicious cycle of obsession and doing whatever it takes to become the best or to get that person to be with you, it's explored throughout many genres in Hollywood. You have loads of films, thrillers like Basic Instinct, One Hour Photo with Robin Williams, Seven is a subtle nod to this killer's obsession with sin. Then you have romantic dramas like Twilight, Gone Girl, The Crush, The Girl on the Train, which focuses more on the breakdown or desire of a relationship and the means to pursue or seek revenge in an obsessive manner. And then you have the others, you know, other films that linger around the genres like Black Swan or Fatal Attraction, Prom Night, for example. And you have these, um, I mean, you can argue most horror films of a serial killer is based on an obsessive compulsion like Ghostface is clearly obsessive Sydney in the Scream trilogy or Quadrilogy or soon to be five movies now. Uh, but, you know, most films with a, a killer, you know, usually have a motive and it's usually about an infatuation with someone else. So, you know, that whole genre itself is based on obsessive characters. And then you have like famous characters down the lines that become obsessed like Sherlock Holmes or even contemporary protagonists like Simon Pegg in Hot Fuzz. So it's a very popular trait to a protagonist simply because it's quite desirable to be the best and also the journey to being the best. And it's also quite desirable because in reality, to become the best, it takes time. It takes effort, uh, you know, time we choose not to use to pursue a goal. But in films, it's fantasy. You can see that developing about 10 minutes, like the Rocky, the Rocky training montages or solving a case or learning drums like they do in this film, Whiplash. So for those who haven't seen Whiplash, it's about a young man, Andrew Neiman, played by Miles Teller, who was a first year at a prestigious music college. And the college is meant to be the best of the best in terms of music colleges, kind of like how Juilliard is the best for drama. It's the Harvard of music colleges, if you will. And there's this build up to this man who we actually see quite early on. But in terms of his approach, his attitude, he, um, who is the, you know, he's the main head teacher at this school, conductor at the college and primarily his band as well. And he would have second years or third third years considering to be you know you, you'd consider them to be the best musicians but uh, as fate goes neiman who's a first year catches the eye of fletcher who's the name of this guy and gets recruited and witnesses firsthand his abusive violent methods in teaching music and the story or narrative unfolds from there from him trying to be the best to fletcher pounding and pounding on him in this sort of fight for respect and somewhat self-dignity as well 
So Whiplash was Damien Chazelle's baby. This was his first film, and he was in his early 30s, and he couldn't get funding for this film because, you know, he was a first-time director, no one knew who he was. So what he did was he made it into a short film. He made it shorter and then submitted it into Sundance, one of the most prestigious festivals behind Cannes and some other ones as well. And it ended up winning the uh, the competition's best award for best film from there. And, you know, from then on, word got out, and then he got funded to make that film a feature length. And it was shot in 19 days, where every shot in the movie has Miles Teller in it, which goes on the theme of obsession and focus. Not one scene in the movie doesn't have him in it, which is a very stylized method to express the importance of his character's obsession and that we need to follow this journey that he goes through. So it's very important that he's in every shot. And again, this is not done by accident. So the film was nominated for five Oscars, winning three of them for Best Supporting Actor for J.K. Simmons. In fact, for his role as Fletcher in this movie, he won 47 awards, including the Golden Globe, the BAFTA, and of course, the prestigious Oscar. He was funnily enough against um, Ethan Hawke for Boyhood at the Oscars. And Ethan spent 12 years making that film on and off um because boyhood's about a boy and his uh journey of growing up and they did that film of the they used the actor of um him growing up from the 12 year lifespan which is quite a, an amazing thing to do and it got a lot of awards for you know for, for that but um, it didn't win for best supporting actor um jk simmons probably spent about a week doing his role where ethan hawke spent 12 years doing his so time isn't everything i guess but you know, nonetheless, it was a terrific performance. He really sells you this, you know, this sort of idea of him as a teacher from hell, this guy you don't want to upset, that you would do anything to please. The budget for the film was simply $3 million, ended up grossing around $50 million, and it's probably one of the lowest budget films ever to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. It didn't win that year. I think it lost out to Birdman, um, rightfully so. But, I mean, Whiplash is just another pedigree. But Whiplash does solidify itself as one of the great films that has been made. It's ranked 45 on IMDb's top 250 list. It blew the roof off critics and everyone around. Obviously, after that, everyone was quite interested to see what Damien Chazelle would write and direct. And after that, he would do his next film, which, sure enough, won him the Oscar for Best Director. And that was for La La Land, another film about jazz, which received, a record. I think it was a record nomination of 14 uh, nominations at the Oscar, which made him the youngest director ever to be nominated and actually end up winning. I think he was 32 years old at the time. That was the controversial Oscars where La La Land was announced as the winner of Best Film, but they got the cards mixed up, and in fact, Moonlight won for Best Film, which I don't... Moonlight, I think, is a better film, but um, I don't know. I still think La La Land should have won, but I think it was in that hype of, you know... A diversity and uh, I think something that had something to do with it. So Damien Chazelle, I mean, career no doubt skyrocketed since Whiplash and then he collaborated again with Ryan Gosling in First Man, which I thought was an amazing film, which didn't get enough appreciation it deserved. And it's the film that shows Neil Armstrong um, going to the moon. I think it's Ryan Gosling's best performance, to be honest. Um, but the reason it didn't do so well at the box office was because... Damien Chazelle didn't want to show the American flag on the moon. He said, this is a film about Neil Armstrong, not America. And the studios didn't like that and therefore didn't put enough money in the distribution. But the film is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's so good. I think it's a really bold movie and Ryan Gosling is definitely amazing in it. But, you know, great director, very talented and is still, you know, 
a lot of his career to go. He's still very young, so you know, very evident from Whiplash. Damien clearly has a vision and a trademark when shooting this film. So, you know, Whiplash, I mean, the title itself could refer to a handful of things. For one, the name of the primary jazz song is called Whiplash. Secondly, the whiplash he gets both from his car accident in the movie and more relevantly, the whiplash he gets from the abuse from Fletcher, who constantly pushes him to this max of this, uh, you know, of being the best and then the repercussions of that, of his uh, path of obsession to becoming the best drummer. It's interesting that his name is um, Fletcher because a Fletcher is someone who puts the feathers on an arrow. So one could look at it and say that he is looking at his next victim or bird to fire away. This sort of metaphor is quite self-explanatory in the movie because Fletcher is physically looking for someone to go above and beyond and stop at nothing and to take his abuse and use that abuse to fuel them even more to become the best drummer. The question this film holds, though, is how far is far? How much is enough? And this comes down to the obsessive side of the movie. In fact, throughout the movie, J.K. Simmons is not mentioned or addressed by his name until an hour into the movie, adding to this ever- ambiguous story of this man who he is which we'd never really find out anything about him we just find out his desire to make uh andrew neiman the best drummer there is or whoever in their band the best they can be and going back to the whiplash title damon chazelle was actually involved in a car accident throughout uh the filming of this movie and miles teller was involved in a very serious car accident before his acting career so maybe that's what whiplash means but like the ending of the movie the film does stay quite ambiguous the ending basically ends with a 14-minute drum solo where Andrew Neiman finally fights back and just plays the drums. Miles Tellers has been playing the drums since he was 15 years old, but he still needed to take lessons because he was playing a very talented drum here, the best of this college. Now, during filming, Damien wouldn't shout cuts, and Miles Teller would keep playing until he was physically exhausted. And he actually got blisters, and he was bleeding for real in the movie. So those scenes with him, with those uh, lesions on his hands and just blood coming out of his knuckles is actually... Uh, legitimate and the climax of the film which is built beautifully after the firing of Fletcher which was anonymously done by Andrew because of the constant abuse and almost mild peer pressure from his father and his teacher who are kind of on his side who personally knows of this torment and bullying he's going through by the hands of the teacher both physically and psychologically but after riding out his torment and successfully being the number one drummer in the band, moments of unfortunate luck, and some may consider mind games by Fletcher, unravels his innocent persona that Neiman carries, and then he has this breakdown. And it is there that we have the firing of Fletcher, and afterwards they meet outside this music environment for the first time outside of the college, and they seem to get along, kind of like boxers after the match, all the respect in the world, but once again, the mind games are at play. And after the conversation, you know, Fletcher invites Andrew to perform at one of his shows because the drummer's not quite cutting it for him and only to humiliate him while making him play the wrong song in front of some of the most elite musical teachers in the country, which apparently never forgets a performance. And it's in this moment at the end of the movie that Andrew plays the song he was told to play and manages to seduce the band to play to his tune and eventually Fletcher to conduct the entire song. And this goes on for the next 14 minutes until they reach the climax. And at the end of the movie, they share this look, the look of maybe you've made it. Maybe I've pushed you far enough. Maybe you get what I'm doing. You might just be the greatest drummer ever. But the movie ends, but we don't see what happens afterwards. We just end with them two exchanging looks of satisfaction and just like, okay, we're there. 
We don't see them talk after, we just see the look, a close-up of each other's eyes, and the movie ends, and we are left to decide what happens after. When asked about the film's ending, J.K. Simmons claimed that he and Damon Giselle wanted to inspire discussion and debate, and not decide. And we're happy for Andrew Neiman, and we're not learning about what happens after, just sort of laminating his loss of humanity at the end. The debate I love is how far is too far, how much is too much, is it worth it? This kind of relentless abuse might be necessary and appropriate if you're training for, let's say, the Navy SEALs, but I don't know if it's appropriate for a music school. But then the other party would argue, well, why not? If it works, it works. But it's there and it can be productive. There's no denying that. From my own perspective, I'd rather have a pretty girlfriend than go to work with this guy and have my hands bleed all the time. I would have had made a different choice. Damon Giselle from No Secret performs jazz when he was a player and was saying that this film is somewhat of a musician trying to be more manly and what he certainly felt when he was at college doing jazz. Hence why he did La La Land and most notably Whiplash, which breeds this masculine side of being a jazz player or most notably a drummer in this movie. Because they start off as quite timid characters, they're timid persona, musicians don't have that masculinity and that's what he's trying to say. Everything about Whiplash and the way it portrays Andrew Neiman in this film is trying to bring out him out of this shell, juxtaposed with this, you know, this, the first half of this man trying to find his masculine side. And you're given to him this guy, played by J.K. Simmons, who is the very definition of masculinity. And it's not him trying to maybe become the best drummer, but him trying to impress his coach, this masculine figure in his life, because his father is, ter- is, is certainly not that. His father is sort of a failure. His cousins play football and try to belittle him, but with his abuse and ridicule from Fletcher, he starts to grow and grow in confidence with himself and with others talks back to his cousin uh rugby tackles fletcher and also talking about him you know he robotically dumps his girlfriend so he can focus on his career i'm not saying these are positive attributes but they are considered testosterone and more masculine approaches to dealing with things uh, the way of dealing things The movie, like, you know, most movies, hides in layers on the true intentions of one of the characters. In this case, Fletcher. With Andrew Neiman, we know his intention. He wants to be a really good drummer. It's just a journey of him getting there. But with Fletcher, you know, who's clearly portrayed as this villain, we we don't quite get it yet. I mean... Everything about, you know, this movie is about, you know, this guy, Fletcher, the man outside of the music arena is seen quite nice with kids, genuinely a nice guy with people, well-spoken and kind. But once his passion kicks in, once he's in that music room, we see a note so hidden, another agenda to Fletcher and even states his intentions for him that he doesn't believe potential can ever be unlocked unless pushed to the absolute max. Hence the little story he tells him before the start um of his first time playing the drums so the thing is it's somewhat refreshing and scary because he reveals why he's abusive why he is like this we already have the motive early on there's no you know i'm in an r and why he does this we just get it we're just really in awe about the fact of how aggressive it is you know it's now about his desire to please him um, and that's what andrew's trying to do or better yet to become the best and they play on each other's faults to succeed which is quite interesting in an interview with Screen Crush, Damon Giselle stated that the ending implied Andrew's future 
would be that of Charlie Parker, where he would rather die drunk and broke at the age of 34. Remember, this was earlier remarked in a heated conversation during the family dinner scene, so Chazelle also mentioned that he deliberately ended the film without any scenes between Andrew and Fletcher after the performance, as he believes their competitive relationship at that very moment is resolved. But there is no denying that this film is one of the most you know, unique and original films of the decade, if not in the last 20 years. And that was what was so good about this movie. It wasn't a sequel, prequel, comic book adaptation, remake. It was a young director with an idea on how to show the true meaning of uncovering the true potentials and asking the questions on how far is too far. When is enough enough? I mean, it goes back to this masculinity thing again, this sort of method that Fletcher has been deemed suitable for for sports like football or rugby. But when it comes down to jazz music, we are shown similar traits. And this is shocking to us because this level of commitment and approach could honestly be used for anything to unlock these potentials. And I think this is where Damien Chazelle's vision is trying to get at with this movie, that it doesn't matter what you're trying to commit to. It doesn't matter how emasculating it is. It is your goal and you should stop at nothing to get it. It doesn't matter if you're trying to solve a crossword puzzle or trying to learn times table or if you're trying to learn to sew or if you're trying to become the world's best footballer. It doesn't matter how the approach should be. It just matters that you get there. He's always shot in this sort of um you know empty space around him. I mean the movie literally opens with Miles playing the drums straight off the bat. So there's no sugarcoat in the opening scene or build up. And it's within the first 5 minutes we see him play by himself on the drums and from the way he looks, the sweat, the energy, the commitment, you can already make your assumption about him. Like I said, he's always shot with empty space around him which furthers this message of isolation and dedication towards being the best drummer. And within a few seconds of that we get introduced to the other predominant character in this movie, Fletcher. He's dressed in black extremely tight very well lit emphasizing his towering muscular stature always taking the entire frame which shows his dominance and his importance to the other people around him and how they look at him from a few lines of dialogues and then him abruptly leaving in the middle of the song we already draw our own conclusions on Fletcher this kind of intimidating figure who does what he wants when he wants and then this is and this happens in the opening two minutes of the movie so we already get a sense of these two characters and then when they meet later again, we then, we then delve into this journey of addiction, dedication, and then some ethical questions raised. And that's where this movie becomes interesting. You know, for a film that was shot in 90 days, for a film that was less than $4 million in, in budget, with a first-time director, to bring this acclaim is just extraordinary. If anything, it's actually on par with Goodwill Hunting in terms of success stories because this film has skyrocketed. Damien Chazelle, as he did for Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, you know, interestingly enough, both films won for Best Supporting Actor, Robin Williams for Goodwill and J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. And some would say it sort of cements that whole, you know, that is the cement that holds the film together. But it does all come down to a beautiful vision, a great script and a clear message to the audiences that hasn't been seen before. You know, how far is too far? How dedicated can someone get? The truth is up to the individual. And, of, and you know, Andrew could have walked away at any point. But it's how much you want it, how much you can go through it, the knocks, the slaps, which, by the way, in a movie were completely real. J.K. Simmons was slapping Miles Teller for real. But it's about your own personal ambitions. And if you don't, you know, if you don't want to go the this, if you do want to go the distance, then there is going to be repercussions to it. There is going to be, you know, whiplashes to it if you succeed. And that's the whole point of this movie. And I think in an interview with Damien Chazelle, he was asked, what happens to Andrew after the movie? And he says, you know, in my head, that conversation 
at the dinner table foreshadows what he envisioned to be the rest of his life, which was he would probably be dead by the age of 34, uh, 34, going the distance and becoming a famous drummer. But with fame comes its consequences. The addiction, the dedication has its limits. And those who have no limits can give us magic in their peak. But in the end, the toll builds up inside their own body. It's a magnificent story and it's beyond else relatable and that's why i think this movie works but anyway this is my first episode of season five i think whiplash is a good place to start in terms of outlining the frame of this decade it wasn't the best but it certainly wasn't the worst but making a judgment of that it's impossible until you give cinema time and see where it goes from there i think films released in the 70s were great in cinema and are trying to be relived in style like films like the joker shot like taxi driver or everything going back to the 80s like wonder woman that's coming out or these gangster films set in the 70s there's there's no denying that the bleak period has actually given time to digest and that the 2010s have listened and are now producing films based on that bleakness such as whiplash and it does look promising Anyways, that's all I have time for with Whiplash. I'm on Spotify, Googles, and iTunes, so please subscribe to me. I'm also on Instagram, Film Exploration AH, all lowercase, all one word. And thank you again for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. Hey.